and welcome to the Metal Hammer Podcast. My name's Eleanor and I'm here with Luke and Jonathan. Hello. Hello. How are you guys? <laughs> Very good. Yeah, good. Apart from the, the, the general sort of heat wave. That's it's almost general. over. Yeah, it's a lot cooler today. It's, it's not unbearable to sit in a room with you two more than usual. <laughs> I thought you'd like being in like the fiery furnaces of hell, Jonathan. No, I like, I like being in the cold wastes of hell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm, used, I'm used to like, uh, I prefer like minus 10, a, a dry minus 10 in Oslo. I'm used to being going to Norway quite a lot, so I'm used to cold. Norwegian. Yeah. It's bracing, it wakes you up. <laughs> Makes you feel alive. Well, you've only got a couple of months and now it's going to come right back around here, Jonathan. Yes. You'll be Good. sorry. Bring it on. Right, guys, our issue's still on sale. Iron Maiden on the front cover, playing the UK this week. They are. I went to see them last night. Did you, Luke? I did. How oh, was it? It was fucking brilliant. I won't go into you know, too in depth, I guess, because Merlin did a very lengthy review. On the, on the podcast a few uh, weeks, months ago from his uh, Stockholm show. But yeah, it was the best time I've ever seen Iron Maiden. Um, which, yeah, it, it says a lot, but also I've only seen Maiden like a handful of times, I think, probably the fifth time I've seen Maiden. And yeah, like the set list is mental. It is the best set list they've done. It's crazy. Like, you know, like, run, like every, every song I wanted them to do, they did. Like, The Evil That Men Do was fucking brilliant. Fire Icarus was amazing. Uh, like two minutes to midnight, fucking what else was there? Like number of the beast, fear of the dark. It was just so good. Like and uh, obviously, a different costume change for every song. Um, for, with Bruce, a spit fire and all this. And it was Bruce's birthday as well. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was his 60th birthday yesterday. And Nico led uh, the crowd of Birmingham to sing Happy Birthday to Bruce. That's very nice. It was quite sweet. Yeah, and it's it's crazy that he's 60 years old and is spending two hours a night just jumping and running around that stage like you know, a man half his age or even less. It's, yeah, it's a very, very, very good show. I don't know how else to put it, really. I, I loved it. It was you know, really great to see. Unfortunately, I missed Killswitch who was supporting because of roadworks on the motorway. It's not very rock and roll. Not very rock and roll, but um, I was listening to it in the car instead. But, um, but yeah, fucking hell. Like, this main tour is the best thing they've done since I've got into metal in my opinion my humble opinion I'm going to see it on Saturday Luke I'm very jealous I'd go see it again if, if, they, were pl- if, they, if they were playing tonight I'd go again oh, I'll send you some blurry photos yeah, that'd be just I as can, good I cannot <laughs> cannot wait but yeah fucking yes yes Maiden yes I think we just need to leave Luke alone to have a special <laughs> moment right now so we're just going to move away from that disinfect the room afterwards oh yeah. don't I'm going to I'll articulate my thoughts on the Metal Hammer website if you want if you want to read them in full go over there have a look pick up the issue read about Maiden it's Maiden week that's it's, what it is. <laughs> it's Maiden week it's finally here well I went to see a different band I went to see Deity's Muse who are a progressive metal band from South Africa I went to see them actually when I was out in South Africa last year on the Tesseract tour. Deity's Muse was supporting in Johannesburg. And they're a really awesome band. Just kind of really cool progressive metal. Remind me a bit of some of the bands coming out of Australia in that movement, like Dead Letter Circus and Carnival. Really kind of catchy hooks. Like There's a lot of kind of energy behind them. But you can also kind of chill out to them as well. So mm. totally check them out. They're being around the UK this week and they're playing Bloodstock this weekend. Well, talking about people aged over 50 who are still like some of the most amazing frontmen in the world, <laughs> I went yesterday to see um, Oxbow live at Oslo in Hackney, not the, um, not the Norwegian city. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, Stop going to Oslo, Jonathan. <laughs> 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 you should so, just stay here yeah. for one night. So this is a band that have been going around for like 
30 years. I saw them in like about 1990 playing with Godflesh. And, um, wow. and they, they were like the most like genuinely edge of your seat, challenging, confrontational bands I've ever seen. And so unusual. Um, and, and they're going for 30, so 30 years later down the road, they're still really challenging, but they're still one of the most honest bands that I've ever heard in the sense that like only they could ever create music like this. Like it's just basically the sound of um, frontman Eugene Robinson's psyche un unraveling. But this band is so this band is so tight. Um, but they also like um, like I was thinking like have that warmth that if you went into a bar in New Orleans and saw a band playing they've been playing together for ages, they have that kind of warmth and tightness to them. But they also kind of sound as if on the verge of falling apart. And um, and you've got to be a really good musician to be able to play like that. And yeah, and the frontman Eugene Robinson, who's this kind of ridiculously strapped uh, guy, uh, has a habit of getting undressed during mm, his signing off yeah, in a suit, yeah. getting undressed to his underpants, fondling himself with his underpants. Nice. Uh, has been known to start fights with people. Um, what did he do at your show? Did he strip off? He was he he, he was he started off in a bow tie and a, and, a, oh, right. and, a, and a suit and jacket. And he ended up in a um, leather vest and underpants. <laughs> nice. And um, too busy for me to see, to check on the fondling situation. <laughs> but again, this guy is so such like a charismatic, like magnetic frontman, and just yeah, with an incredible kind of bluesy voice. It's hard. It's almost like he's like it's a narrative. Like he's, he's like narrating mm. some kind of story, that like like psycho psychotic story and it's just if you ever get a chance to see them again do it because they will blow your mind and the, and the just the love in the room for that band you can tell like you know they really mean a lot to everyone there so we need to give you a little space now instead of leaving <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should give a shout out as well to a couple of other bands I saw on Monday with Dacey's Muse Voices from the Fuselage who've got new music coming soon and also Suma who are wicked oh, also yeah, have Suma music coming wicked. out yeah that's again both kind of progressive bands and Suma particularly sort of doing uh, tooly type riffs and they just got a good vibe going so yeah so if you're waiting for that tool album just listen Zoomer to Zoomer instead <laughs> pretty much yeah and they're, they're playing as well which is good too in the UK so a bit more accessible <laughs> yeah <laughs> what else has been going on Luke well Behemoth have released a new song Behemoth I, Behemoth yeah, whichever we decide ever we decide <laughs> I think it's Behemoth I think it's Behemoth I think it's Behemoth I, I, I think like I, I remember being told I'm sure we've done this in a podcast before but I'm, I remember being told it's Behemoth right, well okay. we're going to have to ask Nurgle aren't we yeah exactly we'll so, ask him when he's let's around let's see who's correct exactly we will but he's well, in the meantime they've released the new song with a, a bad name uh, God Equals yeah, Dog should we just talk about that for a second I'm worried it's going to put people off uh, why? Why it's, would you do that? Yeah, it's 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 pretty of a jokey name for what for a band that aren't known for having the most fun, or at least yeah, musically it's not fun. But yeah, the song the song title is just bad. I like the symmetry of it, you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and conceptually there's probably kind of layers going on there. But I think when you just see it written down, you go, hang on a minute. Yeah. You know, but the song itself. The song's wicked, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I was saying. To you guys, when we listen to it in the office, it makes me feel really evil listening to it. Like, I feel like I've done something wrong. <laughs> it's just really kind punished. of like, yeah, it's really like dark and sinister. And I'm just like, Ooh. I think you wrote in your review, it made you feel dirty as well. Yeah, there's <laughs> something about that band. There's a lot of bands who do the whole anti-religion, you know, we, you know not only just say Satanist, but you know, just sort of 
non-religious type sort of everything's bad and you listen to them and you sort of like I believe everything they're saying and this is oh, and you sort of feel like oh, not necessarily guilty for, for listening to it but you're just like oh god if you know if hell exists I'm blatantly going now just for listening to this band plus there's something about anti-religious or satanic songs with kids voices on them yeah when the kids come in you're almost like fucking hell it's like all these rich cuckoos or something but it's so heavy and it's, End it's, of innocence. it's fucking good though you know this yeah. song but oh, it's always a way of like when um, you hear a song that gets released before the album and you think of it one way and then you hear it in the context of the album and it gives it a whole different cast to it yeah absolutely so it's not my favourite Behemoth song I've heard um, but I like the way it kind of builds up to it I like yeah um, but I'm sure like in the context of them, because like, especially like the you know the Satanists, they have such a dynamic that kind of reach a crescendo towards the end. Mm. And um, and Behemoth is one of those bands you imagine that they when they in an album is just a collection of songs, it's um, same kind of space. So I'm really curious to see how it fits into that the new album and what the dynamic of that whole album is. I'm glad that it does seem like a a continuation of the Satanist as well. I was I was wondering if they if they were going to go a completely different direction. It's like, well, that was Satanist. That was one thing, but it does mm. feel like they've kept in the same mindset musically, if nothing else. Mm. And it's been like, yeah, good. We're still pissed off about X, Y, and Z. Yeah, like but this. I mean, the Satanist though, it wasn't just about being pissed off about X, Y, and Z. There was some kind of catharsis about it, especially the last couple of songs, and it was a real kind of personal testimony. Yeah, of course. And and the way it built up to that, um, just. Fused it, you know, you know what all the stuff that Mo Nod has been through, his personality and his wider kind of views, and I think that's why it, it you know, even though they've done so many great albums before that, Safeness was the one that um, mm. re really broke through because it had that kind of really personal touch to it, as well as all the other elements to it. Um, so I'm really curious to see how much of that is going to be in the new one, and you know what, you know, is this new album going to mark out a period of his life in between? The Satanist and now as well, as well, because you could tell, like you know, um, you know, coming so close to death with leukemia and coming out of that, and his own energy that got him through it. I'm sure that was like you know part of the DNA of the Satanist. Mm. So I'm, I'm curious to know what's what's the DNA of this record going to be. There's kind of an indication in the video. Have you guys seen the video? Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. an X-rated one, and it's sort of reminding me of the video they did for the lead-off single for me and that man. What was the single? Oh, where the Church were, is Black. Yeah, yeah, where they were in that kind of club and it was sort of seedy but kind of glamorous at the same time in the kind of underworld and lots of nudity. And the same with this video, it's sort of kind of almost mapped out like tableau, like these religious paintings, but it's also very like glamorous and sexy, like a glamorous kind of a hell where it's all debauched, but everyone's weirdly attractive. And he, <laughs> he kind of has got this weird like sort of it's the glamorous sinning sort of thing going on, isn't it? It's sort of reveling in it, and it's not kind of the ugly hell of an underworld that's all twisted and messed up and just full of like horrible sin and fire and brimstone. It's kind of like, oh, this is a bit sexy. This yeah, is no, kind oh, of like it's, it's just decadence, isn't decadence, it? Decadence. That's I mean, the word, what, Jonathan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what you know. That's what Akakoka used to kind of excel in that whole kind of satanic. Yeah. Gentleman's decadence kind of thing. It's gentleman's decadence. <laughs> That's the new genre. <laughs> Jonathan's just coined a genre, everyone. Gentleman's de decadence. Yeah. yeah. So look forward to seeing a slew of gentleman's decadence bands coming yeah. out. <laughs> decadence. And hopefully some female answers to it too. We can yeah. be we can be decadent. So you know. So that decadence is for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, what else has been happening, Luke? Well, as of this morning when I came into the office, uh, there's been a picture reportedly. 
uh, outside uh, this studio uh, in Vancouver, I've forgotten the name of it, uh, of, well, it's Brian Johnson and Phil Rudd of ACDC together outside a studio in Vancouver. And rumours are running wild that both are back with ACDC as they, and God knows what's going to happen there. As long as it's not rumours of running wild, we're okay. Well, <laughs> okay. But, you know, it looks like if rumours are to be believed, Brian Johnson is recording with ACDC in Vancouver. Thoughts? Well, they've had a lot of turmoil. Um, obviously, a lot of people didn't, a lot of people speculated that maybe they wouldn't do anything else. Mm. So, is it, did you say it was a recording studio? Yeah, yeah, yeah so, okay, okay, so that's, that's the, so that's definitely the, something happening. It wasn't like a meeting or something. No, no, there's a picture of Phil Rudd and Brian getting one of them's having a coffee and that is having, having a bit of a laugh outside of what is apparently a recording studio in Vancouver. And yes, the rumour mill is running wild and going crazy and speculating that ACDC are recording and it's with Brian and it's with Phil and it's and, and God knows what else. And you yeah, know, I'd, I'd much rather get an album with Brian than Axel, obviously, with it being ACDC. I just, I just don't know with this one. It probably is going to happen. I just can't believe that just ACDC is physically impossible for them to put out a bad album. So they could be doing it from like nursing homes and, and it'll still be great I'm sure I I always look forward to any Black Ice was great yeah I enjoyed Black Ice um, so I look forward to any new ACDC album I don't think they'll ever like piss on their legacy they can't it's just it's not, not in their DNA so I think any new ACDC album is to be I'm, I'm excited about it well, if this is actually happening it's cool to see Brian back again because with him having hearing problems you know kind of worried that that would be the end for him and he wouldn't be able to tour or make music um, which would be very sad I saw with Tinnitus especially it's kind of you know when that news came out found that quite depressing really that he might not be able to kind of play and enjoy music in the same way so that kind of offers hope to me personally in some ways as well I think yeah you could fund ACDC <laughs> <laughs> would you like to see that Lee? yeah I would like to see that too, just not hear it <laughs> hell's L's or hell's bells hell's bells, <laughs> hell's bells. <laughs> I challenge you to a karaoke session, Luke. I do not take that offer. Jonathan? I will take that offer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get somebody singing with me. Love yeah. a bit of karaoke. Come on. So moving on, Bloodstock's coming this weekend. Yes. Yay. I sadly am not attending Bloodstock this year for various reasons, but you guys are gonna be representing Metal Hammer there. Come on. We will be Metal and Hammer in the, the best metal festival. Arguably, it's a pretty good metal festival. I think yeah. the best UK outdoor festival. Okay, it doesn't really narrow it down that much, <laughs> but um, I'd also it, like to say it's, that it's I am. Great, it is, I, I do love Bloodstock. Yeah, I love Bloodstock. I am seeing I'm in on Saturday, so you don't have to take away my metal card. No, no, no. So I've still, still got it. Metal. It's fine. Well, we're going to do a preview for you guys. We're going to pick some of the bands every day that we want to see at Bloodstock. Obviously, my suggestions. Luke and uh, Jonathan will have to go and see those bands for me. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Exactly. Um, and, I will, and they can channel my spirit through themselves. I'll FaceTime you while, while every band's on. And sounds else. great. It, it just sounds like a car crash. As long as it's not your face, I don't mind. <laughs> well, do you want to kick us off, Luke? Who are you going to see on Friday? Go on, on Friday, yeah. Actually, can I, can we, there's, there's some bands that you, need to, you should see on, on Thursday, in fact. Oh, oh Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the go for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go for two on Thursday, even though there's only actually five bands playing. But um, 100 Year Old Man, a great post um, metal band, um, really atmospheric. But also Arcona, a Russian folk metal band. And 
they're just way better than pretty much any other folk metal band I know, aside from two of us. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but they have but they have the really sort of like clean, harsh, like almost ABBA type vocals. You love ABBA. I do love ABBA. Who doesn't Who doesn't love ABBA? That's just that's just, that's just a given. Um, but, you know, but you know, but not breathy vocals, just pretty hit. You know, really hard to hit the note on the thing. And they're and they're kind of a little bit mental. The singer, she's a bit mental. She runs around in furs and just loads of energy. And it's not just it's not silly good time folk metal, but it's still good time folk metal. And um, and yeah, great great front woman. And um, I wish I was there on the Thursday to see them because it would be uh, everyone would have a fantastic time. Mm. Good shout from you, Jonathan. Yeah. Well, let's do the Friday bands then. Um, okay, well I'm going to go, this is the one I'm going to go for a fairly obvious one, because only choosing one, and I'm going to go for Doro, who's um, headlining the, um, the Sophie Lancaster stage um, after Priest, and just, again, just with, again with Priest, this is just, you go to see a, you're a ground zero of heavy metal, this is everything it's about, uh, um, there's, there's no more communal experience than watching an amazing front person uh, um, who's, who's just the true spirit of heavy metal and she, she's such a great singer and there's, some of these songs are like absolutely classics and you, you know you'll just, you'll just come out just glowing mm-hmm. well she's got a new record coming soon as well which we've heard which is yeah, it's a, very it's a, cool yeah it's a, it's a double album one of ballads one of um, warrior anthems exactly and, <laughs> and um, yeah she, she, does a, she does a great ballad without it being kind of too schmaltzy but just enough schmaltz, not just enough of a bit of a schmaltz to you know get you raising your fist and you know there's, a, there's an element of cheese in them, um, but they're still great sort of power ballads. Personally, I mean on the warrior anthems. So yeah, 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 yeah. So um, and we have a an amazing picture of that coming up. We do history. indeed, yeah. So keep your eyes open for that. Well, for my bloodstock choices, I'm actually going to go kind of global. I thought I'd pick a little theme oh, nice. for my choices. So the first one I'm going to go with is Love Bites on the Friday. You guys probably know about them already. They won the Best New Band Award at the Golden Gods in June. And they are a Japanese power metal band. And they are just doing something a little bit new and a little bit different. They're taking power metal and giving it their own spin. They look, they're all female as well. And they look very much like a unit. Rather than wearing traditional metal black, they're all in white usually. And they're just fun basically and I think you know with kind of more and more bands coming to prominence from Japan Love Bites are kind of well placed to surf that wave and I think they are going to be pretty successful my pick for Friday is not to say the polar opposite of Love Bites but it's, it's very <laughs> different it's, uh, it's, it's for no surprise it's Suicidal Tendencies who are on the main stage I believe uh, in the middle of the day and I think it's just going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be, I imagine it's just going to be you know greatest hits from suicidal tendencies in the sunshine and yeah they're one of those you know seminal crossover bands if you didn't if you didn't know between like you know, skate punk and thrash fronted by Mike Muir who's like just like one of the best front men in metal like regardless of whether you like his voice or his vocals like he gives it everything and he loves that band and loves metal and he's just such a nice guy as well like genuinely lovely man and I think this, this, the material they've got, and even they've got a new album coming as well, but the, the material they've got now is just so fucking good. There's like at least one bona fide anthem per album now. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's that slot of bloodstock that usually you get, you give to like, you know, 
your municipal waste or something where it's just mid-afternoon, thrash band, everyone has the best time. And this is going to be a lot really, really, really good. I saw them a couple of years back and they were so much more fun than I thought they would be. And I was kind of like, yeah, take it or leave it. And then I watched them and it was super fun. Mm. And everyone was so involved as well. They like dragged everyone from the crowd like into the fun arena. The Thunderdome. You know, these are like classic old school frontmen, and it's it's kind of a craft in a way that somehow people from that era they just ha- they just have that amazing charisma. Yeah, yeah. yeah you did, and it. Um, you know, and you know, it came from something you know kind of very real as well too. You know, yeah, of course. You know, they they have a new album coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, still, no, psycho, still psycho. Yeah, so I've heard say they have released a new song called Fubar, I think, which is you know. It's decent, you know. It's a, suicidal just don't really do bad songs, you know. Some are better than others, but it's just like, yep, this is a suicidal song. Yeah. It's good. I would just like to add, I didn't go for Emperor on just because it was, would have been too obvious, but of course, go and see Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> and Judas Priest, obviously. and Priest, yeah. What about Saturday, Jonathan? Who have you got? Um, a Forest of Stars, who also have a new album coming out, and um, I don't know why this band aren't like bigger than they are because they're the one of the most unique bands that come out the. Uh, the British metal scene, uh, the British black metal scene, um, and the most thoroughly detailed world in which they exist in. So they're kind of Victorian black metal. Mm-hmm. So all, all their albums exist in this kind of weird sort of, um, I'm not going to say cyberpunk because they, they themselves hate that word, or right. steampunk, they mm-hmm. hate that world, that word, and it's nothing like the steampunk bands whatsoever. Um, but you know, all their albums they come up with a fully fledged universe they exist in they're like again like these like psychological narratives that reach kind of incredible crescendos that have lots of kind of weird instrumentation that have like you know violins and their videos are like lit- literally um they must have taken about nine months to make and the amount the amount of detail and effort they put into this world is just incredible and there's this one video called gather of the pure which is just look at look it up on youtube it's nine minutes long it's the most mind-bending video you'll ever see and visually just eyeball sort of yeah <laughs> I was gonna, yeah just just go and watch it because it, it will it will lit, it will blow your mind and the, and the music is just like so like on the edge of a precipice and it's so tense and it just keep just keeps you absolutely wrapped in the whole thing and if they if they get visuals behind it and the visuals are the similar visuals uh, um, that they use for the videos and it will just be you'll just be engulfed in this world, and um, and if, if, as long as they get a decent sound, you'll just be you'll you'll come out and your world will will be slightly altered by them. Well, and and everyone should go listen to the new album when it hits uh, in about a month's time. Good times. I'm going to continue with the global metal theme and choose Orphaned Land, who've had in the mag quite a few times. They're an Israeli band. And they kind of advocate for togetherness and kind of bringing different religious factions together and peace. And they had a record out earlier this year as well. So they've been around for a couple of decades now, I think, getting wow. on to like 25 years or something. Um, and yeah, they've just kind of, yeah, 94 was their first album. So yeah, they've just been kind of around for a long time, like really kind of like championing their music and championing metal and championing unity. And so just go and watch them really, show your support. See, I'd like to give a shout out as well to Vola on that day because Vola are an amazing band, so you should watch them as well. So you mentioned Love Bites won a Golden God. Um, Orphan Land won a Golden God, mm. I think, four years ago. Yeah. Because I remember they, yeah, they came over and yeah, it was quite a big deal. I remember them seeing them 
That was the first Golden Gods I went to, I think. Yeah, it was good seeing them. And yeah, again, like you say, they mentioned the the idea of unity and togetherness and community was obviously in this in their acceptance speech they mentioned. And yeah, it was, it was a big deal. I think it's going to be quite a nice little moment for them at Bloodstock, and obviously, which is also a very community-led festival. Exactly, yeah. I said I'm going slightly uh, different, but also not, not surprising. Uh, I've gone for Conjurer uh, on Saturday who are my favourite metal band in the UK right now, in terms of straight up metal, because that's what they are. Massive riffs and sludge and horribleness. There's a lot of Gajira and Mastodon in what they do, but also just a lot more grim, just darkness in there. A lot of, you know, songs about, you know, the darkest part of the ocean. (laughs) <laughs> but, all, but also the, but also you know depression and you know and internal darkness as well and it's just really fucking heavy and bleak and it's just such a good album Maya they released this year and I think they're going to pull hopefully a massive crowd at Bloodstock and just show that you know, the young metal bands are in a good place right now yes yeah, I don't know what else to say I just fucking love this band and they're going to be really really good mark my words didn't Brady have a little instant recently at festival? Did he? Oh, is this... I think I know what you're referring to. I saw that on Twitter. I don't think he's listening. He might be, but I saw it on Twitter. Apparently he shat himself at a festival. Because <laughs> he's probably just so excited. So excited about the, the potential of playing Bloodstock. He pooed his little knickers. Oh. I'm sure, I'm sure there's like a whole roll call of people who have shat themselves on stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, most likely. Dillinger. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Roachford, apparently. Going oh. back a bit. Maybe oh. we should save this for a special podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, maybe on a Sunday. Okay, well, the obvious one would be Watain, who um, uh, just put on one of the best, like, the, one of the most immersive shows ever. And um, But I'm going to go for um, Mantop, who, um, mm. now, by contrast, are like a two-piece, and they make a sound bigger, bigger than most four or five piece bands you could ever hear. There's something about two piece bands that um, are just always, they're nearly always amazing and they always just like, I can't believe there's just two people playing. Mm-hmm. With just like basically one drum and an, you know, a set of drums and an overdriven guitar. And the amount of, like, you know, Bolzo is another incredible two piece band. Um, and mm-hmm. they just, just, they have these grooves that are just so, kind of stop stop grooves, but just so, they just grab you so tightly and, um, a really fierce frontman, and and um, you'll just be like completely at their mercy. And <laughs> and just, when you when you when you see him play live, and you see like a, a whole room full of people just kind of shackled to that shackled to that beat, and then um, just wriggling through with these like you know this flood of sort of guitars, but really well directed guitar riffs, and it will just be amazing. And I can't wait to see like you know the Sofa Lancer tent, all one mass behind that band's will. Mm. Well, I'm going to pick Underside, who are from Nepal. Go and support Underside. Yes. They play really cool, just like modern, straightforward, kind of metal, metal, some really catchy songs. And they really are nurturing the scene in Nepal. They set up a festival called Silence, which we covered in the mag last year which is a platform for bands from Nepal to come and play and they bring over international bands to uh, basically allow people there to get a chance to see some of the most awesome metal bands in the world but also to kind of put Nepal on the world stage and give those bands a platform. 
go and see it and decide you will not regret it. Uh, I, my final pick on the Sunday is Paul Bearer. Mm, cool. Uh, who, I said, there's quite a few bands on Sunday that I wanted to pick, but I was, I was just like, well, I just love a riff. And yeah, put that last Paul Bearer album was amazing, I thought. And when we saw, I saw them at the Underworld on that tour, what was it last year? Year before? Last I think, year. I think, I think it was last year. Yeah. And it was, admittedly, too loud in there. But it was a fucking great, like just the bass and the riffs were it was just like so heavy. And it, I think that tent is gonna, I think it's in the Sophie, Sophie Lancaster stage, is just going to be shaking by how powerful this band are. And yeah, it's just gonna be another sort of display of heaviness, I think. I don't know what else to say about Paul Barrow other than it's going to be really, really good. Oh. I would also like to give another shout out to Demonic Resurrection, who are playing on the Sunday. Yeah, awesome band. Yeah, just, I mean, you know, they're melodic metal bands, uh, lots of, uh, you know, guitar guitar breaks, but there's, when you've got like an amazing frontman, it just pulls it out of just being generic into something else entirely, mm. and just everything heavy metal's about. And Cy Hill's such a charming, funny, just engaging frontman, and um, it becomes... There's something more than some of its parts, and I think it might actually be the last chance you get to see them because I think they're, I think they're going to sort of disband after this tour. Am I right in thinking? Um, there's been talk about yeah, this might be the last ever tour. So um, uh, see them while you can, and again, it's just the, the pure exuberant heavy metal spirit. Again, they're from India, yeah. So go support global metal. Yeah. Awesome guys, blood It's going to be a good time then. Yeah, it's going to be wicked. I think um, as long as the weather holds out, apparently it might rain. After all this time of months <laughs> where there's nothing happening, suddenly bloodstock rolls around and it might rain. But never rain, mind. Rain is metal, Luke. Rain is metal. Right, we've got some reader questions then. Come on, let's go. Jonathan, fire one okay. out. Well, um, is the Behemoth lineup going to be the gig of 2018? It says here. The answer is no, because it's 2019. It is. Uh, it goes to America first. Yeah. So if you're American, might be a gig of but is, is, it, is it the same lineup in the UK and the US? Because that, that's that's quite rare for that. Uh, I don't know if it is the same lineup, but the UK one, which say we didn't mention, um, is what Behemoth at the gates and Walls in the Throne Room. Like fucking hell. That's, yeah, that's, that's the US one. No, is it? No, that's the US one. I'm the US one. Well, I don't know. As that's the UK one. We're very prepared <laughs> yeah. this question. Thank you, Gareth, for the question. But yeah, I think uh, that is the UK lineup, and that's. That's gonna be hard to beat, I think, for a straight up metal bill. It's yeah, gonna be yeah. great. They're, all, they're bound with kind of very different vibes. Also, it's worth saying that at the gates, they're playing at um, Bloodstock as well. Yeah, they are, yeah. And they're like, remember when they first came back and I saw them at, at um, I think it might have been Hole in the Sky. It must have been Hole in the Sky Festival. And I wasn't expecting that to be my gig of the year, but that was my gig of the year that year. Wow. It was just, that's just. And again, another amazing, Thomas Lindbergh, what an amazing frontman with such an amazing mm-hmm. voice. Um, just. He just kills it over almost pretty much every other metal vocalist. And he's got all this kind of history in the crust, crust scene as well, too. Um, it's, just, it's, just, it's just his voice like a flamethrower. And, which is what Mantar have that, that quality, too. Like their, their music is kind of like just basically someone just going, right, have this, and just like spraying it with a flamethrower, <laughs> um, but with a really good beat. Um, so, yeah, they're all kind of very different vibes. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, you've got these two ridiculously tight bands in the form of um, Bear Moth and at the gates and then you've got this kind of epic sounding thing with uh wars in the throne epic and and, and poignant inside but they, they were great at, um they played like played a few months ago oh cool 
I think the tour's coming here in February as well, which will be deep midwinter. Mm. So it's kind of matches the vibe really darkness <laughs> coldness yeah exactly good times well jay the bard 89 asks who are your favorite guitarists i guess tony iomi is the obvious one yeah i wrote him down it, isn't it uh, <laughs> so thank you again tony for inventing metal <laughs> um I, I, it's hard because i as a somebody who doesn't play guitar i quite i just quite like guitarists who can't you know who sound like themselves? It has to be them mm. that's playing it. I think I mentioned it last week, maybe the week before. That I love Slash just for that exact reason. You listen, mm. you listen to you know a Slash solo in whether it's Guns N' Roses or his solo stuff, whatever. You go, yeah, that has to be him. And I think yeah, it, it's quite an obvious shout, but yeah, it, I just turn it and Slash are up there. I was on the same lines as you, like thinking about what makes somebody sound really distinctive. So you hear it and you're just like that is them. Obviously Tom Morello comes to mind. Oh, yeah. He's exceptionally distinctive in his tone. Um, Brent Hines, I love for personality. Like he's just got such a cool personality and um, you sort of never know really what you're going to get but some of those Mastodon riffs are on point. Well, um, obviously apart from Omi, you know, I think one guitarist, there's, there's a before and an after and that's Trey Azikthoff from Morbid Angel. Uh, just basically, his, especially his, his, lead guitar, his, lead, his lead riffs or his lead, lead breaks, they just basically distort reality. Mm. And it's such a unique. So, like, probably my favourite Mount album of all time is um, Awesome Madness. And, and, and that, and, and all the follow up albums, they just, um, just you, know, you hear those woozy cosmic guitar breaks, and it's just, they just basically altered your reality and they altered what you could do with metal. And, um, and it's just like something completely from another dimension and I think yeah he deserves a lot more of a shout out than he gets but yeah so and so just an amazing that he's mental as well too so yeah, that probably <laughs> helps so but he's he's tuned into something that's not of this world um, there, there's other guitarists I like uh, almost like for their tone as much as the way they riff and so I'm not going to choose between them I'm going to say Abbath slash Demon As because uh, they just have some of the most beautiful guitar tones in the world that no one else had before them in Immortal and um, just so you, know, you just picture like Frost and and Blizzards and things of the guitars mm -hmm. and it's such a beautiful tone that um, I, just, I just can't get enough of it and also I mean, also had a point somebody doesn't get enough um, recognition is um, Icedale from Enslaved mm -hmm. that like you, you hear him play with us in, in Enslaved or other bands he did that thing I with um, Abbath and mm -hmm. Demon As and um, a few other people and the riffs are just, again, some of the breaks are just the most beautiful, they're just expansive, but proper proper sort of rock and roll metal riffs. And you can immediately tell it's him. And, um, and it's just like this great big sort of gush, gush that's been let out. And it's so exuberant. And, and yeah, you can just always tell him just like, he just, there's such a freedom about the way he plays. And always, and whenever he hits that thing, it's always like, it comes as such a kind of release. And just celebratory as well too. So I think he, Icedale, needs a, should get a lot more uh, recognition than he does. But I just love hearing his guitar turn on anything. I instantly forget who all my favourite bands, guitarists, drummers, yeah, singers, etc. When anyone yeah. asks, but just when you're talking, then Jerry Cantrell came to mind. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. amazing. Like though, Alison Chains's riffs, Jerry's solo stuff. Oh my gosh, just so good. Like so distinctive. That kind of down low. 
vibe so mm. good and I think but also because the way with them it's almost like the Beach Boys the way the songs are arranged they kind of break all the rules but they, and it, it so it becomes something else I mean if you I remember watching some breakdown of like how I can change right songs and it's so counterintuitive when you hear it it's so like instinctive and honest it feels like all the parts just go together like, yeah. like they've always been there like as soon as I listen to an Alice in Chains album it only really takes like a few yeah. listens and I feel like I've been born knowing those songs like I've already known them mm. forever like one of those bands you know it does happen with quite a lot of bands you know that you really kind of connect with you feel like you were just born knowing them already but particularly with him yeah but they had to invent a way of playing to um, articulate what they wanted to say emotionally yeah because none of us had done it quite that way before and it was like yeah it was a very counterintuitive what an amazing band. I'm also going to rep for Wes Borland while I Yeah, while why I not? Golden God winner. Golden God winner. I think, what was it? What was the award it won this year? Was it Shredder? Shredder? It was Shredder. Yeah. As you say, it was Literally Shredder. Literally won an award but for being a guitarist. Being a very good guitarist. Because obviously he wrote, you know, some great riffs with, you know, Limp Bizkit and, you know, songs with Limp Bizkit. But everything he's done outside of that as well is, like, amazing. Like, he's a proper artist when it comes to being a, you know, a guitar player. And, yeah, he's just a really interesting bloke and really see, you know, obviously cares about music, not just selling records, he obviously cares. And he's very, very talented and doesn't just do break stuff. He's, he's much more than that. Although that is a very iconic opener as a, for a guitar player. I also want to throw in previous Shredder winner Lizzie Hale, because yeah. you know she's just really cool. She just takes <laughs> she inspiration is, from all those cool. kind of older 80s bands and classic rock bands and produces something that's her own. So yeah, shout out to her as well. Cool. Um, Ruben Borger asks are there any bands that have changed vocalists and everyone seems to be on board with that you but uh, every, everyone ah, and everyone seems to be on board with but you don't personally I can't stand the new Iced Earth singer but they do drew quite a big crowd at Grass Pop this year right so who do we what bands have changed vocalists where we didn't like the new vocalist even though other people did uh I can't remember any bands who've changed vocalists. Only, Help me out, guys. The only one. Silosis. <laughs> Silosis. Anything that Jeremy Graham's been on. But it's a shame because he's such an amazing vocalist, Jeremy Graham. But um, he's been through kind of a lot of different kind of bands. It's a shame that Harper Coward didn't continue as it was. But that was a oh, yeah. really good band. But he's he's such a good vocalist. But he seems he seems to have gone from one band to another. Mm. I'm really into Sky Harbour. They've got a new record coming soon. And Dan Tompkins was the singer of Sky Harbour. He obviously sings in Tesseract. And when they got their new vocalist, Eric, I wasn't sure about him. I was a bit like, oh, you know, I just really kind of associated that band with Dan. But he's actually really good. And he has the kind of range of Dan, but brings his own sort of edge to it. And their new record's amazing. So keep your eyes and ears open for that one. So that would kind of won me round. I wasn't sure at first, but he's really good. So the only one I can think of that interesting me is obviously Sepultura. Oh, because Derek. Yeah, yeah. I think I I like that Sepultura have continued. Like I, I don't have a problem with the fact that everyone's going. Oh, it's not Sepultura without Max. Like I don't listen to Sepultura now. Like I don't really like anything they've done post Max. So I guess that's my answer to Ruben's question, but I don't begrudge them for continuing. I think Derek's a great vocalist, um, but yeah, it, and it's just those records have not grabbed me any, anywhere near as much as you know Chaos AD did. Yeah, I feel similarly. I think it's I'm glad they've carried on. It's cool they've carried on. I think they play well. They release good music, but they had quite a few concept albums like Alex and a few other ones, and it felt a bit like maybe they're a little bit 
lost for a while, like mm. they're kind of doing some conceptual records to kind of hang things on, or there just wasn't that kind of rawness as it was when they first came out. But I also think that they are cool and are doing good things. But I don't know, you just I don't love it as much like yeah. you really. It's kind of it's good, but it's not as you're not like super hyped. Yeah, I think I mean you mentioned I think like change records so many times, but you kind of lose momentum and do that. I think another case in point being Anthrax because they change vocalists mm, so yeah. often, and um, it just it's, it just starts to kind of feel like indecisive. Like the band didn't really know what they were. Who was he? Oh, he was literally there for like a couple of months, but he was a really good frontman though. And it's just so I, I felt like that lost some a little bit of momentum, and you don't because John Bush and you know, he's such a different vocalist from you know different vocalist, and um, so it was hard to kind of like really follow their path in a way so what like they just you, you felt like you just kind of wait for them to sort themselves out and decide I mean they have now with Joey but um, mm. but it, I remember the whole period when they couldn't decide on the vocalist that was um, that was you know it was just like well I'm just do what you got to do or I'll come back when I'm yeah mm. it's weird when your brain fills stuff in as well like when your brain is sort of almost trying to fill in a person who's not there it's quite a weird sort of like disconnect yeah I guess another big one is Nightwish as well. They've obviously been through three vocalists yeah, yeah. now. And I'm not the biggest Nightwish fan, um, but I really got into once the album with um, Taja fronting it back in, what was that, like fucking 10 years ago or more. And that was wicked, but I've not, I've not really been that invested in anything since. Although from all accounts, Floor Live is like the best thing that's ever happened to Nightwish. And uh, so I'm very, very excited about seeing them at Bloodstock this weekend just because I've never seen them. And I think I've probably not missed anything by all accounts by, by not seeing them before now. Like, if any, Floor's just an absolute beast and will you know, be you know, for probably funding Nightwish forever now. <laughs> I, I mean, I think um, Taja is one of the best vocalists in our world. Oh, yeah, like her, voice, and, her um, voice is great. And like, you hear her compared to any other operatic vocalist and she's in like they're like Isthmian League compared to like Premier League she's just she just put, she's just where as far as operatic those operatic yeah, vocals yeah. I just couldn't stand Nightwish with her on the vocals and I, I kind of like that sort of slightly squeaky poppy voice that Annette had but I'm not, I'm not a big Nightwish fan either but I did see him with Annette and it was alright it was something different and I'm okay. and it was um, it was good that they decided to go with um, uh, someone very different and I think I think it, it can I think it works with um Olsen actually. Uh, it, was, it was a brave decision to make on all counts, mm. and I haven't seen him with Floor, but um, I'll probably check him out at Bloodstock, um, but not yet. Yeah, not the world's biggest fan, but I'll probably I'll probably promise I've been really enjoying it in spite of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Kyle Finnerty asks, do you think there'll ever be another metal Glastonbury headliner? No. It's hard, isn't it? No. Because it has to be no. someone who's really high profile, you know. So our in our world, it's like Metallica, Iron Maiden, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Black Sabbath. Sabbath it. might do it, but they're, they're pretty much they obviously are done. Yeah. But if the if the off, the offers right, I maybe. can't. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I can't see any other even like your friend Sevenfolds are breaking out to be like a kind of no cultural phenomenon. Mm. But um, even if you're not to metal, you know, means something to you. Yeah, um, I, think, I think there's there's no band from you know who, <laughs> basically from the past twenty 
years who would who could do it. It's I've, weird though because I almost want to say Nine Inch Nails, but it's that funny thing. But it's that funny though. thing though again, where like as doing the um, film soundtracks, Trent's got a massive profile now. But as Nine Inch Nails, it's still not got that mainstream visibility or that mainstream appeal. So they can play massive places, but Glastonbury's still a stretch, isn't it? Yeah, you got to remember, like... It would you, be amazing, though. I it would, would be love amazing, to see it. But if you're a headliner, you're playing to potentially quarter of a million people. You're Beyonce-sized. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you know, you... As much as... I love Nine Inch Nails, uh, Eleanor. Trent Reznor and Beyonce are not, are not on the same level. That was level. literally the point that I just made, Luke. No, no, no. And what, it makes me sad. No, that's what I mean. But I think, and even though he's done the film scores and everything, it's still just like a couple of levels below. And it's a shame yeah. that it's never going to happen. Like, but I think Nine Inch Nails would be a perfect shout to, you know, be a Glastonbury booking. Um, they may have even done it. The yeah, I think, I think more, more, more different questions. Which band from our world would fit at Glastonbury? I'll tell you who I think would. Um, even if you've never heard it before, you get it, Gojira. I could see Gojira playing at Glastonbury Festival. I don't know, it's so extreme to people who don't know metal though. But it's so, just because it's got guitar, it's so expansive though. Um, they do have that metal stage there though now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had the, that earache had the, it was the earache express. Yeah, um, the train. Uh, they had Napalm Death played on Yeah, so that, that was yeah. particularly earache related. Uh, no, thing. no, of but, course. Um, but I could, I could see like, people who never heard a metal band coming across Gojira and totally getting it. I don't know, I still think there's a kind of a, a barrier there to how heavy they are. Like, I'm sort of thinking along the lines of bands like Nine Inch Nails because they can do the electronic stuff and the heavy stuff and it kind of dips into eras. I'm trying to think of which other bands have a broader appeal, basically. Yeah, I just, I just, it's sad to think that heaviness is a, ba- is a barrier. I think, is, ha- I think harsh vocals is also a barrier. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, which is where Gajira, even though it's not properly screaming, he's, it's not clean singing. And which is why yeah, I don't say a lot of the bands that we think are big and obviously can headline download and things like that wouldn't get a good or even a, a big and at all booking for Glastonbury. Like Slipknot probably wouldn't I'd get booked. I'd love to see Slipknot. Yeah, you know, so they good. might maybe, but I don't think they they do it. Um, yeah, Metallica, I think, was just an anomaly. Like Motorhead, you know, played, but they weren't no, not in that headliner. What, what about bands that kind of broke out of the metal mold, like, say, Ulver or Solstafir? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, think, not yeah. a headlining because that would be Not a headlining, I'm just thinking of a movie. Yeah, Solstafir is a great team. Yeah. Merka as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Vardruna. I'm actually surprised that Vardruna haven't played. Because, again, there's lots of world music at Grastonbury. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, hook, the hook shot get, thing could get. Yeah, Highlung. Yeah, can you imagine a Highlung? That would be amazing. That would uh, be fucking amazing. We need yeah. the hippies would love it. Yeah, yeah. We need a special Jonathan Seltzer curated stage. That's yeah. what we need. <laughs> <laughs> all these suggestions are sounding like a good day out to me. Yeah, yeah. Sounds um, like Roadbirds. Yeah, and, <laughs> you know, but here's a, here's a band who've never played in the UK before. They've had you know a little bit of press that we gave them actually, and they've really sold out the um, isn't any. Assembly Hall, high yeah. Yeah. Um, within a, within a couple of weeks, it's going to be amazing. And this, yeah, and I said this band will be huge. And I hope, like, they grow beyond the me- beyond the metal scene. I always wondered, you know, where um, Vardruna's limits are as far as that's concerned, because um, it totally makes sense. That it should make sense, you know, they played Womad or something. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm surprised Vardruna haven't played um, Glastonbury as yet. Well, who knows? 
Who yeah. knows? We'll have to see what happens, won't we? Exciting times to 2019. Right then. I'm off to Iron Maiden. <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> In a couple of days' time. That is my weekend sorted. Anyone going to see Power to... Trip? Is it tonight? Power, Power Trip's Trip on tonight, tonight yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not going. But they're, but they're playing Saturday at Bloodstock, so right. that's going to be another lovely time, I think. If oh, you're yeah. going to Bloodstock, watch Power Trip, because they're the best thrash band of the past 10 years. Fight me. Uh, Necromanthian, I will fight you and, and uh, I'll raise you Necromanthian. Pure creator influenced. Um, I'm going to referee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> reverb vocals, just mental. Yeah, just f- feels like a tank running around a wasteland. Amazing. Over like the bones of the dead. Oh, what? what? And then reversing back and then just having real good fun about it. It's basically joyriding over the dead on an, on an apocalyptic way. I was definitely going to go with Power Trip until he said that, so <laughs> well, now I'm not sure. Now you got tanked. Yeah. Well, but yeah, but Jonathan and I are going to Bloodstock anyway. Yeah. We'll hopefully see some of you there yeah. in the pit, man, or yeah. hanging by the Jaeger tent. <laughs> just really, really, that's where we tend to be. Um, and if anyone isn't too hungover after Bloodstock, um, on Monday at the Islington Academy in London, Diamond Fetus are in town. Why not? Why Diamond not Fetus? Diamond Fetus? Yeah. <laughs> it, it will never get. It will probably will get old. It probably is old. We just don't care. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're playing with Carnifex, Toxic Holocaust, one of the other best thrash bands on the planet, like Black and Thrash with a load of crustcore and discore in it. Nice. Um, and um, Gunpowder as well too. So uh, Love it. I'm sure a lovely time. We had by all, and um, yeah, and in Bristol on Monday as well. It's a uh, Soulfly. Oh, nice! Uh, bringing the tribe, the tribe, <laughs> the tribe to, to to the West Country. Brilliant. Yeah. Right then, guys, that sounds good. See yeah. you next week. See you then. Well, maybe not me. No, I say Merlin. I think Merlin will be back next week potentially. I think definitely. I don't know. Who knows what he's doing? Who knows what's going to happen? I am the super. Su- I, I, I am the podcast super sub. <laughs> 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 the soul shard of metal hammer. Bye guys. Bye bye. Bye.